Murphy. Here's Kokaniemi with a shot. Scores! was you. That was the sound of you. Whether you were one of the 19,000 strong inside of PNC Arena, or you were at home sitting on the couch, jumping in the air, maybe at a bar, throwing some unknown liquor onto the person sitting next to you, that was you. As Jesper Faust punched the team's ticket to the Eastern Conference Final. By the way, the second Eastern Conference Final of the Rod Brindamore era. If you had to put it into like mathematics, I don't know, I'm not a big math guy, I don't know how you'd say it. Rod Brindamore's team has made the Eastern Conference Finals 40% of the time since he stepped behind the bench. That's, this one's actually kind of stupid to me, just because of how bad the Hurricanes have been in years past since they moved to Raleigh. This year... Clinching a spot in the Eastern Conference Finals. It is the team's fifth spot, right? 02, 06, 09, 19, 23. Yeah, right? 19, yeah, okay. That's five times in 25 years. 20% of the time the Hurricanes have been in Raleigh. 20% of the times they have started a season. They have gone on to the Eastern Conference Finals. Finals. Guys, this is stupid. This is stupid. This is stupid. It's late. Let's get into it. Roll the thing. 9,393 days of frustration. And on the 9394th day of NHL existence, the Carolina Hurricanes have won the Stanley Cup. Welcome to Home Ice Advantage. With historical perspectives, modern-day deep dives, special guests, and a healthy mix of good, bad, and or hot takes, this is the best place for you to learn about your Carolina home games. I just want to say thank you, and I'm looking forward to this challenge. It's an honor, and I think we're going to do great things. Yes, they did, John. Yes, they did. By the way, Hurricanes legend John Forslund was in the building tonight. Uh, you know, I don't know if he still cheers for us. Probably doesn't. But I'm sure that was a fun time for him to call another Hurricanes overtime win. Thanks to Jesper Faust, the Hurricanes defeat, outlast, expel the New Jersey Devils in overtime in Game 5 of the second round to advance to the Eastern Conference Finals. And this is not going to be my normal playoff breakdown. We're not going to hear all the goals. I'm not going to talk about specific plays. We're going we're gonna to do some broad strokes tonight because I am in my fields. 100% I am in my fields tonight. 
because I'm just so I'm so happy, right? <laughs> like, uh, forced. I just want to say, pat, pat yourselves on the back, everyone. Pat yourselves on the back, uh, especially the Kane's PR staff and specifically the Kane's social media team. You know what? Check out the blog. Tomorrow morning, Home Ice Advantage, the blog, it's linked in all of our socials if you don't know where it is. I'm going to have a piece on that cameo video that came out tonight. I got some nice, great, juicy tips about it, and it's going to be a good time. But, you know, stick taps to everyone around, to all the fans in the building. Oh my god, was it electric. To the staff who put together the atmosphere, because without them... With just a bunch of upset fans when things go wrong. To the every player on the ice, there was definitely mistakes tonight, but I don't care. Every player had a great game from the top of the lineup to the bottom of the lineup. Hell, you know what? Jake Gardner played a great game tonight, everyone. That's just how good I feel. Uh, I, I have so many places to take this. B going into overtime, I tweeted... Keep pounding, never compromise, collectively. Keep pounding is clearly a ripoff from the Carolina Panthers, but it fit the moment, okay? Never compromise was the team's slogan through the first round. That's what they put on the rally towels. And I will say that I was getting nitpicky, right? Like, as the clock started to wind down, and the game was tied. I was getting upset about every single misplay. Every single time they dumped the puck in, I was like, what are you doing? Because I wanted them to control it at all times. When you're dumping it in, you know, you have to go win that board battle. And they mostly do, but sometimes they wouldn't. And then I'd become belligerent. To the point where I even tweeted out, listen, this team's only happy when they are in a board battle and it's going to cost them this game. Which is, like, absurd. That, that was my fan moment of, uh, Colin, get a hold of yourself. Because, yeah, first of all, that's very true. This team is only happy when they're in a board battle. And it's worked for them. It worked for them all year. And it's brought them to this point. So shut up, Colin. And they never compromised on their game. They believed in themselves. They believed that collectively, this team can go all the way. And, you know, they haven't won anything yet. Let's not go there. Let's not pull a Toronto and celebrate a advancement to another round as if it is a Stanley Cup. We haven't won anything yet. The Carolina Hurricanes are not champions of anything, except the Metro, which, you know, we've done so many times, does it even matter anymore? So we're not here celebrating a win. We are celebrating a meeting of expectations and the, I don't know, collective, <laughs> collective output of this team. Long-time listeners of the show will know that even when Wes was still here, we talked about how a successful season for this team had to be an Eastern Conference Finals appearance. They did it in 2019, and that they shouldn't have been there. So if they can fluke their way there, this team is more than good enough to own their way there. And after losing to the Rangers last year, which, you know, isn't great, and Boston, and Tampa, it's just, well, 
they got to do something, right? Like, this core has to do something to get together. And they've done that. And they did it without two of the long-term productive players in Teovainen and Svechnikov. Then they also did it without Max Pacioretty, who, you know, we never know how good he could have been this season. I will say that the only, what was it, however many full games he played, I think it was two, he had a goal in each game. Or no, it was three, and he had three goals. That's what it was. So, I mean, he was a point-of-game player in every complete game he played. So, you know, th- things could have been good with and probably Pacioretty and probably would have been. And this team, without those three scores, still found a way to make it to the Eastern Conference Finals. And it wasn't without naysayers. There was members of this fan base, and you know who you are, and I know some of you listen to this show, who said they wouldn't even run around. They were posers. They were incapable of doing what was needed. And again, they haven't won anything yet, so let's not get too far ahead of ourselves. But they have won two rounds. They did dispel the third best team in the National Hockey League during the regular season. And they've defied expectations all the way through it. They made it to the first round. Well, they made it into the playoffs, I should say. And they went against the New York Islanders. Everyone putting money on it said the Hurricanes would win. Because people don't want to lose their money. But there was some fans who said, no, this team doesn't know how to score. This team is incapable of getting secondary scoring. And to be fair, there were times during the regular season where that looked to be very, very, very incredibly true. But in the playoffs, things hit different. People meet their max performance. And they were victorious against the New York Islanders in six games. They didn't even need the seventh game. No. Dundon doesn't need the money. We'll come home. And then they got to the second round. And man, 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 man. I'm not going to rip the national media. But I will say this. The Carolina Hurricanes being the underdog going into the second round against the New Jersey Devils was ridiculous. In fact, the fact that people talk about how, well, who's the favorite to win the Stanley Cup this year? It's the Carolina fucking Hurricanes. That's who it is. They were the second best team in the regular season. They were the only team of the top, uh, what, four, five to still be in the Stanley Cup playoffs? Everyone well, you know, are they going to be able to score enough goals to get past the Islanders? Yeah, actually. Oh, okay, well, will they be able to score enough goals to get past the high-scoring, fast-paced offense of New Jersey Devils? Yeah, they would, actually. This game, Game 5, was the only game of the series not decided by at least four goals. And I mind you that Carolina won three out of four of those games. And the one game they did lose, 8-4, to four, wasn't pretty. They still scored four goals, three of them shorthanded. This team has the capability of scoring. And you know what? They turned it on. They turned it on at just the right time. So all those naysayers who said this team couldn't run around, I would like an apology. I would like a written apology. I would like it in the mail. 
and I would like it addressed to the one and only Mr. Rod Brindamore. So, the series, the series, excuse me, the season isn't over. Clearly. Expectations were to get to the Eastern Conference Finals, and they're, they're there. We're going to have a couple days off as we wait to see who wins against the Florida Panthers and Toronto Maple Leafs. I will do a season or series preview uh, before that round starts, obviously. But for now, we wait. And while it looks like it will, you know, definitely most likely be the Florida Panthers, you, you really never know if we've learned anything in the Stanley Cup playoffs this season or literally any other season in the history of the National Hockey League. It's that anything can happen. Do I, would I put money on the fact that Toronto is going to win? Eh, I might put a couple bucks on just because I'm sure the odds are insane in Vegas right now. But I'm not going to put my rent on it. I'm not going to put my car payment on it. So most likely we will see Florida, but leave your options open. We could also still see Mitch Marner, Austin Matthews, and John Tavares with the rest of the you know maple leaves that seem to choke it all away. I'm rambling here, so we're going to go down the locker room and hear from the head coach and his players. But before we do that, I just, once again, want to take the moment. Everyone just, I'm going to give you a second here. Think about where you were last night when they scored in overtime. I'll play it one more time for you, and then I just want you to live in that moment as you listen to the sound of PNC Arena, as you listen to the pure jubilation from everyone in that building, we're in, we're in. The Carolina Hurricanes are going back to the Eastern Conference Finals. Here's Kokaniemi with a shot. Don't forget that feeling. Who knows what happens next? Who knows what's going to happen next year, the year after that, or whatever. Just don't forget that feeling. Let's go downstairs. Ladies and gentlemen, please take your seats. Rod was asked uh, what it means for this team, missing all the pieces that we've already covered. Moving on to the Eastern Conference Finals. It's been a big story, and it's going to continue to be a big story. And this is what the head coach had to say. I mean, I don't think you can understate it, you know, with the guys we have missing. And just, you know, how many teams that you miss a whole top line out would be able to kind of trug along the way we are. And, but it says a lot to these other guys that now are getting some credit that, I mean, if you don't have them, you, you have no chance. And... Um, I'm just really proud of the group. That's it. That's it. I mean, I'm this old guy sitting behind the bench and just watching this and enjoying watching how hard everybody's working and together, right? It's just, it's, 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 a, it's a great group. I'll talk about it more in the off season, but this season, the 2023 season, has really been the breakout season for the Dundon, Waddell, Brenda Moore trio 
and what their goals were when they took over this team and tried to revitalize it. And a large part of that was getting the players on the ice to give everything they had every night, to do everything they could to get the win, to get every, to do everything they could to get one step closer. And tonight proves just that, that Rod has convinced his group to do that, that he's obtained the buy-in from every guy in that locker room that now knows what it takes to win a cup and is going to do everything within their power to make it happen. Rod was then asked what it, it feels like to be behind the bench compared to being a player on the ice when an overtime goal is scored. Well, it's it's interesting. I mean, I I enjoy it for them. And it's really, that's what I love about coaching. It's I've been there and played, and so I had that. And, and now you're, you know how exciting it is as a player now to get to see these guys enjoy it. Oh man, it gives me chills. Like I, I had to play it back, and I play it back so I can hear the crowd. And like you know, we just did it in there because it's that's what it's about. And you just see the, these guys remember that forever now. Like Piggy's got two of them already this series or in, in these playoffs. Like you know, twenty years he's gonna remember that. It's, it's just he's walking down somewhere, and he'll you know, some might say some, and it, you never forget that. So we're stacking memories here, and they're giving them to me too. So um, it's pretty special. God, Brendan Moore's just such a good head coach. Every once in a while, he'll say something, and I'll just be like, dang, I'm so happy to have him as head coach. I'm so happy that this is who they settled on. Removing the, you know, reporter aspect of this. Rod Brendan Moore is just such a good dude, genuinely. And my favorite little tidbit of that is that he went back and rolled the tape just to hear the crowd. Oh man, it gives me chills. Like I, I had to play it back, and I play it back so I can hear the crowd. And like you know, we just did it in there because it's that's what it's about. And just oh, um, I uh, no, no words, no notes. For as incredible as it is for a player like Cricky, or you know whoever name an overtime winner, to have that feeling. I can tell you, as you now know after listening to that clip, clip, how gratifying it is to hear him say that. To hear Rod Brindamore say, I had to roll back the tape and listen to the crowd, because that's what it's all about. It gives me chills. That is him acknowledging all 19,000 people in the building, and Honestly, it's it's breathtaking. It, it it stores emotions within me. Like every time you yell, every time you chant, "Let's go, Chains Canes," you know they hear it. But Rod saying that that they rolled back the tape just to hear the crowd noise. Yeah, you you really are a part of this run. You listening to this podcast. Who cares that much about this team? You really are a part of this. What they're doing right now. You're part of it. <laughs> Any, anyways, I'm not crying. You're crying. No, but really, stop it with the sentimental stuff. And back to this game. Uh, if you might remember that Rod actually changed his power play units in what ended up being the final moments of the game... Because the Hurricanes won the power play thanks to a dog pog delay of game, puck over glass, and the first unit just wasn't getting it done. 
This is what Rod had to say about that decision. What the, well, the other group didn't wasn't doing too much. And to be honest, it was interesting because you had a minute there, you have your timeout, and you're like, okay, we go to Jeff, we're talking, we take the timeout, let these guys go, and I'm, I'm like, no, but, you know, Stats is this great face-off guy, and this is kind of a feel. I said, let's let these guys get a crack at it, and he won the draw, and, you know, they run their set, and Quickie's been thrown on there, uh, doesn't play much on the power play, but I know one thing, he's going to stand front, and, uh, you know, he got rewarded for it. He was then asked to describe Jacob Slavin's impact, who, by the way, thanks to Kane's stat for this one before we hear from the head coach, Jacob Slavin has done something that no other NHLer has done since 1983. He's the fourth defenseman since then, and only the third since 1959-1960 to go plus 12 in a five-game span in the same series. The other one was Brad Park in... 1983 against Buffalo, and Rick Middleton, also 1983, versus Buffalo. And then there's just lonely old Jacob Slavin in the year 2023. I think we appreciate him because we talk about him quite a bit and we watch him all the time. And I've watched him now for many years. And I, I, he's, he's, he might be one of the best defensemen ever to play that position the way he plays it. And, you know, everyone raised their eyes. I mean, I don't watch it every night, but I'm just at the defending. I haven't seen anyone better. And, you know, and he has offensive ability. Like, you watch that play in overtime, he comes down the ice and beats the play, no look, backhand pass. Like, he's got that. We don't use him in that role as much, but he, he has that ability. And, um, you know, it's a great pair. You put, you know, when, when you put Bernsey with, with him, that's as good as they get. I love the happy Brindamore because he gives the best darn quotes when he's in a good mood. Did you just hear what he had to say about Jacob Slavin? He might be one of the best defensemen ever. To play that position the way he plays it. Did you just hear the way he said, ever? Like, that man is feeling it, and I'm 100% hero for it. In fact, the next question he was asked was just, like, his thoughts on this series and the game. And Rod Brindamore feels so good about his corn situation, he, you know what? What am I doing? I have the soundbite. Let's listen to his response. I, I, I don't know what to say about it. I just know that we had a real good game plan coming in, and I, I got to give my... Uh, my staff, real good credit, and especially Chris Huffline, our video coach. Like, he, he pinpointed a bunch of things that we had to make sure we were aware of, and then we hammered home and then and make sure to eliminate. And I thought we did a heck of a job doing that. So, um, you know, I think that had a huge part of it. He gets asked that question after every game. Trust me, I hear it. And I just love that this time it was like, ah, video coach, man. Like, oh, to tell you, we drove it into their head. Which is also a very much head coach thing to say is video. Like, we just watched video. But you can hear it in Rod's voice just how happy he is. And just so quick to assign credit to everyone else but himself, as a good leader always does. Going forward, Rod was asked if now advancing to the Eastern Conference Finals gives his team, well, what's left of his team, the confidence to know that they are capable of moving on. Which, one, is kind of a dumb question. But two, this is what Rod had to say about it. I think we already had a strong belief, just the way we, we played all year. And, we, you know, we were missing, you know, we talked about past, right? We missed him basically the whole year. But there was that sense we were going to get him back and, you know, okay, there's that missing piece. And so that didn't happen. The special one is tough because we know how a good lead player he is. 
Um, but we did have a little bit of time without him, and then we kind of. Eh, but I, I thought as a group we were we were okay. Right, we played okay. We didn't get a lot of results there in the last little bit, but it was like it wasn't like we were not good enough to win. And then obviously, you know, we we were able to get to that first series, and now obviously beating the Devils, one of the best teams in hockey, so we should be pretty confident. I think it's a dumb question because you already have your answer, and. I I don't like asking the head coach questions that you already have an answer to. Because I feel like it just kind of wastes his time. He has other things to do, one. And then two, like, if you don't have a good question, just don't ask a question. But also, I could totally change my tune once I've done more press scrums. I could be like, no, oh my god, sometimes you just don't have anything. But I also don't think I would ask anything then. But whatever, Rod answered it. The final question came from Ryle Hinkle who writes for the North State Journal and is the site manager for Kane's Country. And it was, what's different about the team this year? What makes it special? I think we're a little, like, I think one of the, one of you guys just mentioned about there's a little more experience. I think, you know, sometimes, you know, you have to, you know, I hate to say you learn to lose before you can learn to win, but there's, there's, there's part of that, you know, when you, you're, what it, what it takes. And I think there's a little bit of that for sure. Um... We, our guys are growing up. The young guys are not so young anymore, but I think the additions we made, you know, I keep going back to Burnsy. Uh, again, I know he's a little older, but, man, he's uh, a special player. And, I mean, I don't know where we'd be without him. So got to give our management a lot of credit for finding these guys. And then even, you know, our guys that are helping us out. You know, I mean, Nason's been phenomenal this year, and Mac comes in. We, we just... Everyone that stepped up has helped. Like that's that's the part that that's I think why we're still talking about our team and will be for at least another round, right? Like it's, it's a pretty good group. Once again, he steers credit towards someone else. Just at the end there, you hear him. You know, we got to thank our management. He was basically just like, yeah. So you really got to thank Darren York, Eric Tolsky, and Don Waddell for really getting things done. <laughs> like. Whatever. Uh, I know I originally said we were going to hear from the players too, but the audio levels w- was was just real bad. And the only way, a, a little inside baseball or behind the puck, whatever you want to call this, uh, when the, like I do, I have to go in and edit the audio levels on most of the media availability, and then I do my best to remove like large, loud sounds, I should say. Uh, from, you know, the weight room, maybe a door is closing, a chair is moved, or whatever. I do my best to remove all those, except when, like, if Rod is mid-speaking, I can't do anything about it. And the players from this game, it's just, it it was god-awful. The only way I could do it was by completely blowing out the audio channel, in which case, like, it's it's just not worth it. So you won't hear from the players, but we'll end on this note. Carolina Hurricanes back in the Eastern Conference Finals, waiting on a decision in the round in the second round series against the Florida Panthers and the Toronto Maple Leafs. They play again tomorrow in Toronto, so we may have an answer around 10 p.m. tomorrow on who we're taking on in the first round, uh, in the third round. We also may not. If Toronto holds on, then we'll have to wait until Sunday night, and if we have an answer then, then we know that it's Florida, but also maybe not, and in which case we'll have to wait for Tuesday to know who, we, who the Hurricanes will take on 
in the Eastern Conference Finals. All of those games, well, I shouldn't say all of those games. The Friday game starts at 7, and then we'll find out the start time of the other two games if needed going forward. I would suggest, if you have the free time, watching those games so you understand the team that we will be taking on. I can tell you, I watched mostly the uh, Florida Panthers, no, I'm sorry, the Toronto Maple Leafs, Tampa Bay Lightning first round matchup and didn't watch the Devils, and then I regretted it when we had to go against the Devils. So just, you know, a little bit of homework for you in your free time. Also, don't forget to check out the Home Ice Advantage blog for that story, uh, story on the cameo. As it turns out, that was a project that they've wanted to do for years, actually since the bubble playoffs. But you can read more on the Home Ice Advantage blog. Links are on all of the social medias, at Colin Home Ice on Twitter, and at Kane's Home Ice literally everywhere else. As always, thank you for listening to Home Ice Advantage. Subscribe to the show if you haven't already. Share it with a friend. Give it a review. Just copy the link into your clipboard and don't do anything with it. I don't care. All of the above would help spread the reach of the show. Sorry, I, I got caught up in Bross Bonanza. It happens. Anyways, don't forget to check out the blog. Until next time, whatever next time is, go Canes.